Hey, what's up? This is Leland Baptist, and today I want you guys to open your eyes to something, all right? Open your eyes. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions. The worst investment you can have is cash. Real estate acquisitions. Your financial advice depends on who you are. And everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. For the last couple of days, excuse me, for the last couple of weeks, I have had the amazing opportunity to have phone calls with many of you. Uh, I have literally literally been able to field calls from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. I have been able to have, in many cases, 20 to 30 calls a day. And one of the questions that a lot of you guys bring up and there's two primary, primary questions when it comes to uh, wholesaling in particular, okay? One of the questions you guys bring up is, hey, do I need a license, right? The second one that I hear the most, though, and which I didn't expect, the first one I kind of expected, right? Like, people think real estate, they think sell, they, think, they hear the word wholesaling, they think selling, they think house, they think realtor. So I kind of get that one. But this second question, this second question, this is crazy. And the, second, and the second question is, is now a good time to invest in real estate? Or another way people kind of put it is, now a good time to get started in real estate? Is now a good time to get started in real estate investing? And I always have to give that answer that people hate, which is two words. It depends. <laughs> Literally, that is the answer. It depends. Let me tell you guys what it depends on. Number one, it depends on your strategy. Number one, it depends on your strategy, okay? Number two, it depends on your outlook. Now, I want you guys to, to take a different perspective, all right? Take your consumer hat off. The consumer hat is to follow trends, okay? The consumer hat is to do what everyone else does. The consumer hat says, zig when people zig, Zag when people zag. Put on your investor hat. Put on your investor lens. Change those glasses out. Right, get the right focal. The investor lens is to zig when others zag. Okay, that means to do op- the opposite. It is to go against the grain. It is to look for opportunities. It is not always to jump in when everyone else does. It's to see an opportunity in the market and to properly take advantage of it without inflicting bodily harm, et cetera, to others. At least that should be the goal for those who have, who have morals in that standpoint, okay? So here's what I mean by that. What happened, and what happens oftentimes, is when consumers get in the process of investing and they shouldn't. What happens oftentimes is that it causes 
issues in any market. And I'm going to give you guys an example of that for the housing market. When COVID-19 was at its height, and I don't, I don't believe we're, over, we're done with it. Okay, I think we're going to see a couple more waves of this. But anyway, the government restricted supply. Now, basic economics, one-on-one, supply and demand, you restrict any supply, it will cause the demand for that thing to go up. When Costco had less toilet paper, more people wanted it, right? Supply and demand. The government restricted the housing supply. But what the government also did is by lowering interest rates, they encouraged they encouraged the buying power of consumers. And what did consumers do? They said, hey, less people have access to homes. I think I can take advantage of this. And because I see more people bidding for homes, I think I should do the same. So when Miss Molly noticed that her neighbor, Sally, sold their home for $80,000 more than what they bought it for, Miss Molly said, hey, you know what? Sally's home just sold for $80,000 more than what she bought it for. But you know what? My home has a finished basement and Sally's didn't. So why don't I just take advantage of what's going on and I'm going to follow suit and I'm going to list mine for twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 more. Now, because there was a restrict in supply and there was an increase in demand, i.e. lower interest rates, right? Lower interest rates mean that, means that more people are able to afford something. Doesn't mean that they, they truly can't afford it, but it makes it seem as though they can't afford it, okay? So because of that, they said, hey, I'll buy Miss Molly's house, right? Because, you know, she's one of the only few in this neighborhood that's selling, so... I'm going to buy her house and I'm willing to pay two, three times the value of what it has. Well, now Miss Sue noticed that both Sally and Molly sold, right? You kind of get the gist. And they made a consumer decision, you know, Sue made it, Sue, Miss Sue made a consumer decision to jump on in. And she jumped on in and she chose to sell hers. Not at a 300% markup, but a 350% markup. And others in the the neighborhood began to follow suit. And in such a short period of time, we had housing prices skyrocket. Now, here's the crazy thing about this. Hey, if you like the idea of gaining wealth, adding to your portfolio, and also protecting what you have, then I have a great treat for you. I'm going to give you a free guide and ebook that you can use that will show you to protect what you have. All you have to do is go to LelandBaptist.net forward slash 35. That's LelandBaptist.net. .net forward slash 35 and protect what you have. At this point, so many people began to say to themselves, hey, did you hear about Sally? Did you hear about Sue? 
they just made, right? They just made $100,000. They just made X amount of dollars. Oh, now's a great time to get into real estate. Man, these, these, these prices are out of this world. Then you started having people jump into the market to buy property, not, almost not even caring what it cost because they could, they could qualify based on interest rates, right? They would jump into the market with the goal, the intent to not even live in the home, but to sell within six months, right back in the market to another consumer for a spot price of a, or have a spread of maybe $100,000, This in itself, that is what kills markets. That is what ruins markets. That is what adds blood in the water. What you'll notice at that time is that there weren't a lot of hedge funds willing to pay those same prices, willing to jump into the market just for the hell of it. But what you'll notice now, if you can, you can Google this, for example, Blackstone. They are preparing billions of dollars right now, post, right, as in after the interest rates have been hiked back up to control demand, post or after the mortgage moratoriums and the um, eviction moratoriums have been lifted. In other words, to relinquish or release supply, right? It's no longer restricted. Now you see hedge funds gearing up to purchase. Now let's use some basic mathematics. So first off, that should already, already answer, your, answer that first question that people have. Is now a good time to get into real estate? Yeah. Yeah. Now is a good time to get in real estate. If you don't want to look at Blackstone, which is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar hedge fund as an indicator, allow me to put it and allow me to dig deeper for you guys, all right? When Miss Molly and Miss Sue sold their home, and they sold it at a 300% markup, it was sure as hell not even worth that, okay? As supply is loosened, as demand is depleted, in other words, less people are applying for mortgages now because interest rates have gone up, now, those same people who would have qualified a year ago can no, can no longer qualify for those same homes. That means that everyone else who is following in Miss Molly and Miss Sue's footsteps has a property on the market that is sitting, that is sitting with a realtor who can do nothing with it. So yes, now is a great time because that is an opportunity for you to solve an issue for that seller. That seller got in too high and they're trying to exit higher but the issue is that the waves have collapsed the water level has sunk okay so now you're able to work out a creative deal with that seller right and in, in, and in many cases they already have a mortgage they have a responsibility they have payments they have to make another another factor Single-family homes, right, which is to place most of the time with single-family single homes and apartments a lot of times. But single-family homes primarily are done off of comparables or comps, 
And what that means is Miss Molly sells her home for whatever, and Miss Sue sells her home for whatever. You take the average of that, that's going to be the comparable. Right? Just, I'm, I'm, very, I'm simplifying this. There's a lot more factors that go into that, right? like square footage and blah, blah. So let's say they're identical. Well, now everyone else who has their home on the market, that's cool. But what about those foreclosures that the government is now releasing? What happens when investors like you and me, so you and I go out and we buy these same foreclosures at, I don't know, 40 cents on the dollar. And then let's say you go ahead and you fix up that property or Bob fixes up that property and he sells it. But he knows that the market has changed, so he's not going to sell it for a 300% markup. He's going to sell it for a standard rate, maybe 100%, maybe 120%. And when Bob does enough of those fix and flips at a justifiable rate, right, that makes sense for the economy, it will cause the comparable price for the other homes that are listed in the area, similar to Miss Molly Masseuse, to drop in value. So now everyone who purchased during the pandemic will have a home that is upside down in value. It is underwater, okay? because the market will begin to adjust. Now, here's what's going to happen. The market has to have a dip because it needs to find its equilibrium. As long as interest rates are where they are right now, that dip, that margin, is an opportunity for you as an investor before the market stabilizes. So to answer your question, yes, now is a good time to start in real estate. But to be honest with you, it's always a good time to be in real estate because it depends on your strategy. It depends on your strategy. It depends on what you plan on doing. The last thing that I want to cover to answer that question is this. Many of us have to be careful when you look at an overall brush a summary of a market. Within a market, there are sub-markets or even micro-markets. So, as you guys know, I have a degree in economics, and so in school, we would talk about macro and microeconomics. Macroeconomics means the economy of a whole, as a whole, so it could be like GDP means the income for a nation. But microeconomics could be the income for Atlanta, Georgia. Well, when you're investing in real estate, and I hope you guys got the free mini course, because I went over this in detail and showed you how to do this on the computer, but you want to start looking at microeconomies because that's where you're investing. So I don't care if you're flipping a house. I don't care if you're wholesaling. I don't care if you're buying a holding. You're in a microeconomy. That microeconomy does make up a larger economy, but you are primarily in a microeconomy. Give you another example. The United States is an economy on its own. Within the United States is a state called New Mexico. Within the state of New Mexico is a city called Albuquerque. 
inside that city normally is a county or, the, or a few counties within a city. But within that county are zip codes. So you might invest in, let's say, zip code number one and not zip code, zip code number five. The economy in zip code number one can be much different from the economy in zip code number five. Going back to Atlanta, Georgia, that is a city that is a microeconomy. But then you zoom in and you might invest in Bankhead versus Buckhead. These are two separate economies, two different types of demographics, two different income levels, right? The average square, square foot, square footage for both is different. It's separate. Okay. And that's what I want you guys to understand. When you're making a broad, when you're making a broad brush of an economy, you want to, you want to make sure that you, that you understand that within any economy are opportunities. It just depends on how you want to zoom in or zoom out. So that's why, again, the answer is always, it depends. Because in the economy, let's say, like Bankhead, right, in Atlanta, Georgia, and those particular zip codes, I'm going to say, hey, it's going to be easier for me to do a buy and hold. Because of the income, because of the demographic, um, etc., I'm not, I'm not suggesting that someone invest there. I'm just giving an example. Now, in Buckhead, I might say, hey, it depends because your strategy might be that of a lease option. Larger homes, bigger price points. So now I'm able to, after obtaining the property, say to someone, hey, you want to live in this big, nice house in this, in this particular area? I suggest that you give me a uh, uh, option fee of X amount of dollars, and then you lease at a higher rate than we would for rent because it's a, it's a larger home and you're going towards purchasing, hopefully, right? Two different things. That's why it depends. Two different strategies. Again, microeconomies. If you have not gotten the free mini course, you are, I don't know what you're doing but you're missing out because we, we go over this in detail. When you have your microeconomy down and you need to have it down to a zip code, okay? That's what you need to concern yourself with the most, right? What's happening in my microeconomy? That's what you need. I understand the government, the macro is gonna change. I understand that the president, Congress, et cetera, they're going to pass bills. I get that 100%. But what can you control? Because for, for, for many of you guys, the only economy you have is still micro. And that economy is in, within your household. It's within your home. It's within your room. It's, with, it's within your mind. How are you controlling your micro economy? And again, the answer is the answer that everyone hates, which is two words, two words. It depends. I hope this makes sense. And again, if you, are, if you have not gone through the mini course, 
you're missing out. Talk to you soon. Hey, what's up, guys? Leland Baptist here, and I wanted to give you guys an awesome, awesome opportunity. So if you are a business owner, if you're an investor, and guess what you're going to need? You're going to need a bank account to house all that money, right? Passive income and active income. So if you're looking for a bank account, one of my suggestions is for you to look at North One Bank. North One Bank is a virtual online bank account. I know you're thinking, I thought about it too, like, man, how am I going to initiate wires? Well, you do it literally from your home. No more going to the bank and having to sign off as you transfer money from one area to the, to the other, or you wire things from one company to the other, right? All you have to do is go to lelandbaptist.com slash north one. That's lelandbaptist.com forward slash north, N-O-R-T-H, one, O-N-E. Set up your free account. And because you use that special link, you are going to get $75 when you open your account. They are literally going to pay you for that. Now, what's great about North One is that you can utilize it anywhere. It's virtual banking, and there's no issues, uh, no additional fees necessary. So if you're a business owner or you're looking to open up another account for your business or for your investment accounts, try it out. Go to lelandbaptist.com forward slash North One. You'll be happy that you're there.